0: So, the title is "You hurt me now, what you hurt me now what and it's actually from genesis twenty five twenty six and I was actually going through twenty five and twenty six I was going to kind of go verse by verse Esau Jacob selling his birthright there's just so much there, but it just it just grew legs and it turned into something that that is not even wasn't even in my initial notes. I had to go back and rework a lot of it. Um, And I'm just trying to be obedient to what God, I believe, wants to say through His Word. And if we're all honest, I think we've all been hurt by people. Okay, there's 12 amens, 15 amens. And some people handle it better than others. And um what happens, though, is we often get knocked off course. And I've been talking about God's will, pursuing God's will. We often get knocked off course when pursuing God's will because of pain or hurt. And so how the enemy works, I believe it's one of the greatest tricks, not tricks, but one of the greatest deceptions he's ever devised in the church is to have us hurt each other. And so you're walking, you're doing God's will. Man, this is, I'm on fire for God, I'm going to rend the heavens, everything, I love the Lord, I want to start a ministry, and then you're hurt. Offended. And now you go off course. And it happens, it happens to me often, I just, but I can't, I can't not show up. We have to we have to deal with the hurt that we cause each other. And we have to own it. We have to stop making excuses and own that hurt that we've caused others. And maybe you're not at fault, but you don't want to hold on to that bitterness and unforgiveness because it will rot in you. Try putting a piece of old meat out in your garage this week. Watch what happens. And that's what happens in the heart if we don't deal with these issues of all the tricks of the enemy, of all the things that knock us off course, of all the things that cause division among Christians being hurt by others is at the top of the list. The pain we cause each other is one of the enemy's primary weapons. And I don't know if you saw the sister come up and pray for me just right before the service, which is perfect and profound, because this is a hard topic. This sermon's going to hurt people. I'm talking about what I shouldn't be doing, but actually the sermon's going to do it. Or not what I shouldn't be doing, but dealing with the issue of offense and hurt, and just the boldness to speak what needs to be said. And that's what's difficult, is because so many people. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Again, here goes a rabbit trail. But what what happens is there's a conviction, and we don't want to we don't want to work on that conviction, so we shoot the messenger. And what happens, I realize it's a couple of people have confirmed this with me recently this week, friends of mine out of state, and said, you know, you're a lightning rod. You are a wrecking ball for the church exactly what we need. Exactly what we need. And they said, but, but you're going to encounter a lot of pain. Because people don't want to hear that. A preacher is not without honor, except the actual prophet, which is a hard voice to hear. You're not without honor, Jesus said, except among your own people and in your own community. And it's hard. This is I'm I'm being transparent this morning. It's a very hard calling because I was a people pleaser growing up, passive. No, just want to please everybody. I was actually, believe it or not, I was a motivational speaker when I first came back to the Lord. I would not want to offend anybody. I would do. I would preach at, at, at events like this—not like this—but at events, and they would actually. Everyone would have to fill out a card, rate the speaker ten, from one to ten. No, 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 no. Like, oh, and you look at those. Oh, what, what do I got to improve on? Here, that's out the window, because you don't ask for demographic studies and and what people want to hear. You go to God and find out what they need to hear, and that hurts. That hurts, and that offends people. And they don't like that. And for, for, here's, here's, so many people that are offended by my sermons. But so many people are encouraged. And it's a hard, you know, there's a lot of hurt in there. And even taking it to the Lord, realizing I don't speak perfectly for an hour. Does, do my emotions come out? Absolutely. Anger, frustration? Sure. But also, Sometimes there's a timidity. I don't want to say that. Such and such is going to take that wrong. I hope they're not watching. <laughs> it's hard. It's very difficult. And a lot of times I've seen it. We I mean, Pastor Abram just talked about this. People, when they're convicted, they either, like the Puritan said, the same the same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. So they either are convicted and say, Lord, thank You, and they change or they shoot the messenger. And that's why I want to just even thank. You. There's a couple here from Alabama, right over here. And praise God! Nice to meet you guys. Um, and she said, "You are convicting and changing me," and that meant the world because it's a hard, it's a, because everyone else is saying, you know, a lot of other people are saying the opposite. Why don't you shut up? Why are you talking about this? And I remember I've had to deal with this a few times. The first time it just completely threw me. And it was we're in Lancaster, probably two years old. The church, remember, I think it was my wife who told me, and said such and such isn't coming anymore because you didn't say hi to him in the lobby, like I like I intentionally avoided him and went the other way. But that hurt that I didn't say hi to him in the foyer, like I didn't even know he was there. So you see how that plants those seeds. Now, usually nine times out of ten, there's an underlying issue going on. Of course, you know, we, we know that. But my point is, we hurt people. And the first part of application is, are you sure it's me or another person or is it conviction? I would say nine times out of ten, often when a person doesn't like a certain topic, it's conviction. If you dig deep enough, it's conviction. Without a shadow of a doubt. We don't like to be challenged and convicted unless we're ready to repent. Then we love it. And last time, two weeks ago, I mentioned that ships are safest in the harbor, but they are not made for the harbor. Did you know that's the safest spot for a ship? In this nice little quiet harbor. The safest spot for me. Because I want to just live a quiet life, cabin up in the mountains, no, I don't know who invented cell phones, but you know, I'm, I think i i was born about a hundred years too late, and so yeah, that's what I want. But I'm not made for that. I'm not designed for that. And same with many of you. God cuts us out in a certain way, in a certain cloth, and 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 God says, "This is what I've created you to do." I won't do it perfectly. I'll own it when I need to, but it's going to ruffle feathers. That, that's what he's, he's my calling. And sometimes with you, with the way God designed you, and we end up hurting people, people hurt us. And I also mentioned physical storms involve pain, do they not? When you're going through this pain. But a physical storm, I'm sorry, a spiritual storm or an emotional storm, look at how it parallels with like a physical storm, you know, a, a tsunami or all kinds of, of major, a major cataclysmic events. They actually bring nourishing rainfall to an area. But storms, pain, can actually nourish our soul. If we get the remedy from the right source. I mean, I look back on my life and thank God for the broken roads. Thank God for the pain. Thank God that that drove me literally to the cross. And so out of that, that despair, you can come out much stronger Storms also break up billions and billions of gallons, they say, of bacteria in the ocean. And storms can break out the sin in us. Do you know we often don't repent or fully come back to the Lord or get rid of things until we go through a lot of pain? I wish that wasn't the, 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 the situation. But do you know how many, there's? and we see them every week, there's marriages, not marriages every, every week, but often marriages that are Restored. At this church. But it wasn't until they got to the edge. Maybe divorce papers were signed. Why do you get to the edge before we wake up? That pain, that pain, that pain draws us back to the Lord. It also deposits a very important element that is known as nitrogen. Nitrogen. And spiritual, physical, I'm sorry, spiritual storms, storms about pain deposit into our hearts spiritual strength. This is why pain is so important. You encounter pain in the gym, some of you. You don't go home and cry and say, I'm not doing that again. Because you understand the pain produces the results. And that's how people get results. The muscle is under tension, the muscle breaks down. It says, your body says, oh, I need to rebuild stronger for the next time. And that's what pain does. It it can build us up spiritually. You have need of endurance so that when you finish the race, you finish it well, Paul would say. A physical storm also cleans the landscape. And pain, storms lead us to clean our heart, lead us to repentance. Unfortunately, we can't shape our character by praying for it. Have you ever prayed any areas of your character where you have a deficit? Lord, help me in this anger. Lord, please help me with this anger. Well, guess what? Get ready to get angry. Lord, I need need more patience. Get ready for that flat tire. We go through the school of hard knocks to learn. So we can't shape our character by praying for it. Forging our character comes directly from conflict. In the anvil, the anvil that God uses is often other people. And do you know what an anvil is? This big metal, heavy unit that, or unit, but piece of of metal, huge. That they would, we 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 owned one uh, uh, when I was in construction, and you could do all kinds of things with it, but it was primarily for whacking things. You just put pieces of metal, and you just you just hammer down on them. You'd use an anvil to to, to straighten or bend the metal. You just get the hammers out and just hammer it down. And often, the anvil that God uses is other people. Ouch! All of this, I just turned into it. I've been working on sermons all week. I've got Wednesdays kind of ready. I want to encourage you to be here Wednesday. I'm talking about God hears the cries of His children from David. And then next week, and kind of putting that together now. and it's just, it's, just, just, it's just full of what God, I believe, wants to say to us. God uses other people to avoid criticism. You've heard the saying before. If you want to avoid criticism, here's all you have to do. Say nothing. Do nothing. Be nothing. And you will avoid criticism. The more pain you can handle, the more responsibility God may give you. And I just did a podcast. I've got a podcast now mainly for pastors. We're, we're quite shocked at how many actually pastors follow the ministry. We hear from all, many different states and Cal, in, in, in California, of course. But I, I did a podcast for them about pain and about um, if, if you're not hurting, you're not leading. And God often won't give you more if you're not ready for the pain. It's called the pain threshold. And I, I look back, I, I would have fell apart 12 years ago when we started the church. If I had this level of pain 12 years ago, I would have ran home to mommy. And so he develops you and builds you through that pain. You come out more, more, more wise, discerning, not perfect, caring, loving, because you've been hurt. You can actually offer people a lot more grace because you yourself have needed that grace. The need for endurance, there's that, that, Key verse I want to share with you last week I didn't get to Isaiah thirty seven three. Think, listen to this. This is the day of distress and rebuke and disgrace. Isaiah, I mean, I feel like that with our nation right now. We, this is the day of distress and rebuke and disgrace with what is going on. He said, "It's it's as if the children come to the moment of birth and there is no strength to deliver them." That's what. Discouragement does. God has birthed something inside of you. God has put it down in your heart. God has God has has loaded you with the weapon of of warfare and spiritual warfare, He wants you. And you But now all this pain and all this all this distraction, all this hurt. Now you can't even bring this dream that God has given you to birth. How would this apply here? Well. How many times have I thought about quitting? Too many times to, 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 to number. It's always over pain and hurt. And can you imagine? Imagine if I would have just quit seven, six, eight years ago, whatever. See, God says, "I want to do this. I want to. I want to." Here, here comes the baby. Here comes the blessing. Here it comes. But you have no strength to bring it to fruition. And the enemy will use pain to sidetrack you and distract you and hurt you and harm you look at all that God has done in your life and you're going to give up now look at all that he has done in your life in your marriage with your children maybe your children are older all that he has done where he's brought you and you're going to give up now because somebody hurt you somebody offended you west side is unique and and i believe God In my case, has called me for such a time as this to, to ruffle feathers, to be a wrecking ball, so to speak, in the church, to, to wake up the lukewarm church, to convict the prideful. And, in saying that, I'm not saying I'm humble and not prideful and I don't need to work, I don't ever become carnal. Of course, all those things are working in our heart against us and we constantly have to remove those. But because of that harder calling, you're gonna hurt more people. Does that make sense? You know, if I if I was just, you know, if I had my glasses and just quiet and calm and demeanor and not upsetting, hey, that's pretty cool. It doesn't upset anybody. But when you ruffle those feathers, when you go deep and you challenge, conviction takes place. Do you know what happened to the majority of the prophets in the Old Testament? Were they were they liked? They were not liked. Until after their death. The people say, get rid of these guys. We want teachers who will tell us smooth thing, things. Who will tell us what we want to hear. Who will say, peace, peace. The world's not falling apart. God loves your sin. You can sacrifice to Molech and bow to asheroth There's nothing wrong with you. We want those people. But those people didn't create change. And so, it's, it's a hard calling Because I have to find this balance of being controversial and convicting, yet trying to find a lot of of humility and brokenness and, and balance that out. Remember two weeks ago when I said demons are against you, the world hates you, carnal believers mock you, and many friends and family ridicule you. But if God be for you, who can be against you? And that's the strength we need to stand in. In short, nothing can prevent God working in and through you. And it's a process. I mean, over the 12 years of pastoring, 20 years probably of speaking, it's been a process of, hurting and building and repenting and shaping and okay lord if you've truly the only thing let me tell you the only thing that has ever kept me in the ministry and is going to keep me in the ministry god willing the only thing not the encouragement of others not the not whatever you know people think of it it is this god says i have called you to do this that is what keeps you going and that's what's going to keep you going, correct? Am I just preaching the Word? That—that's, I've called you to do this. I've called you to succeed in this marriage. I've called you to raise these children. I've called you to do this. And the only way you're going to get through what you're going through is to know God has put me here. God has got me. And God is going to see me through. No matter here comes the ridicule. No matter here comes the slander. No matter here comes the, the backbiting. Now, if you need to change, change, please. Repent and humble yourself, because a lot of people, you know, what pride does? Pride t- says, "Yeah, I'm getting attacked by all these people. It's all them." No, you got to get the mirror out, remove the the plank from your eye, then you can go look at the speck in the other person's eye. Romans five thirty four, I'm sorry, five three through four. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Now, I have a feeling he's talking about persecution in the context here, of course. But also pain and hurt. And endurance produces character and character produces hope. And so here's all this potential, and God, I believe, is saying that even to us in some of these areas. Here's all this potential. Here's what God wants to do. This dream He put inside of you. This calling, this gifting. He all of this. You you're, you went through the furnace of affliction. All this growth. All this maturity. And here 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 it comes to birth. But there's no strength left. There's no endurance to bring it to fruition. Let the dream die. And that's how the enemy works. Often, he will stop us and sidetrack us. And so what I wanted to get to was in Genesis 25, I think we can put it up there, and I was going to go through verse by verse and different things, but God had other plans. Um, And when I say that, you need to know, I'm not thinking God speaks directly to me and everything I transmit here is equal to Scripture. I'm just saying when I feel something deeply and it convicts me, and I believe God wants me to share it. I've prayed about it. I've waited upon it, and then and then it comes out in imperfection, not perfectly. It, that's what I'm I'm, I'm saying. But I, I believe we need to change direction here and not go through every single verse right now on this particular passage. Even I told you that from the beginning. I think God is is having me do principle by principle, not necessarily verse by verse. So Jacob and Esau grew up. Esau became a skillful hunter, a man's man. That's why I like Esau. He was a man of the open country, probably a fly fisherman. Well, Jacob stayed at home. But of course, we know that Jacob was a highly favored. Later on, Jacob took advantage of Esau's appetite, the lust of the flesh, and obtained his birthright. Esau is starving. And Jacob says, nope. I'm not going to give you this stew. Give me your birthright. you got to be pretty hungry. Or he didn't realize what he was giving up. And what the birthright is, of course, Bible students know it's headship of the family and it's a double portion from the Father. He gave all of this up for his appetite. And that, that could have turned into a whole sermon on how much do we give up for our pleasure, for our appetites. The lust of the flesh. How, how many bad decisions do we make because the flesh talked me into it? Or talked you into it. That's how we get hooked again. The flesh is pulling us in the wrong direction. And then we find in Genesis 26, Isaac's servants dug in the valley. Have you ever done this? You're working hard. You're doing God's will. And they found a well of water. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, this water is ours. So you've, I don't know if you ever dug a well. I mean, I've, I've never probably went that deep. Depends how deep the water level was. Uh, I used to find the water table here in Leona Valley with a drilling rig. Sometimes it's 16 feet, believe it or not. Other times we wouldn't hit it at 100 feet, depending on what you would hit. But you could dig down. You could find where there's actually water percolating up into the, to the, soil, into the dirt. You could look down. And percolation tests, they would call them. And you could look down. Even sometimes I would dig six, seven feet. And there's some water forming at the bottom. And so they worked all hard. They didn't have backhoes back then, though. They had probably very hard shovels. And so they find this well, and here comes these people. No, that's our water. So then they go and dig another well. Move to a different location. Okay, okay. What happens? No, this is our well again. And so it was a good reminder to me that you can just be doing things for God and keep getting beat up. Keep getting discouraged. Anybody relate? Then they finally found the right spot and they dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. And there's even so many lessons here. Erring on the side of grace. Being the better person. Taking the lower road. Okay, let me go find a different spot. Let me go find a different spot. Let me go find a different spot. And you being the peacemaker. That's why Paul said, as much as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. Now that doesn't mean negotiate the truth. Peacemaker is not a capitulator. There's a big difference there. We cannot we cannot be at peace with those spiritually who deny the doctrines of the Christian faith. And I and I would get invited to a lot of these interfaith things when I first planted the church. Different religions would meet, let's just all come together. I'm like, well, I'll have lunch with them and talk about what I believe. I'm going like, to we'll come together as if we're all one. That doesn't that's sending the wrong message. And I was never invited again. So I think they eventually got the point on that. But see, I'm not being mean. I'm not being a jerk and eric. I'm saying, I can't, I can't act like we're all worshiping the same God and let me negotiate the cross just so I can get along. Because true biblical unity, if you've been coming along, you've heard me say this, true biblical unity is unity of the Spirit. It's not just, let's just get along. Democrats and Republicans, that's not going to work. It's, it's, it's unity of the Spirit. Unity of truth. Then we all rally around that. So if we remove the truth, how can I be united with you? Spiritually, I can go to lunch. I can share my testimony and try to win you over to Yahweh, Yeshua, the Christian faith. And then of course we see fi- family dynamics. Anybody have any family dynamics going on? Anybody have little ones at home? You think the devil can plant thoughts in their minds? She got all hell breaking loose. Pastors, kids. It's so hard. The first service, I saw the guy who lives across the street from me. Both people on both sides of me listen to this sermon. The guy across the street. and I'm like, I'm, I'm in this bubble. I can't go outside and yell at my kids. You can How's it going? How's it going? It's actually, but it's kind of cool because you keep, keeps you in order there. You know, you, you're going to act a lot, a lot different if you know believers are right next door to you. And people watching you. Everything you do. Whew! I love this one. 26 Genesis 26. When Esau was 40 years old, he took two wives. I can tell you, there's a problem right there. How did these guys marry? I can't even handle one. Man, and I wouldn't want one. I'm praise God. That's not a. I don't. That's just so weird. But and actually, God didn't. He allowed it. He didn't command it. You need to know that because the church down the street and others will say, No, God, look, it's in the no. He... he He allowed it from the beginning. Jesus said that the two shall become one. It's always it's always God's design. But God allows things, especially when people say, look, did you know in the 1800s, even 1700s, that many churches used the Bible to promote slavery and say it was right? But they forget, no, God God allowed it to happen. He didn't endorse it. This is, the, and it, you get indentured servants and and things like that. that's a whole different concept. But just because something's in the Bible doesn't mean God wants you to do everything. I'm not going to take my son to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him, hoping that God brings a ram in the thicket. So you have to be, you have to know your Bible. But anyway, he was forty, took two wives, and look at this. I just had to give you the exact rendering of scripture. They were a grief of mind, Isaac and Rebecca. They were a pain in the yeah, the the, the, the daughter in laws. Oh my goodness! I think this is where the the mother in law, mother in law, father in law joke started. And it says here they were a, they were a pain. They were a pain to them. So you see all these dynamics taking place in Genesis 25-26 that I want to talk to you about. Esau, Jacob, the, the working hard, the family dynamics. And so you have to realize, here's the key, at the core of offense is hurt, pain, and pride. At the core of being offended. Have you ever been offended by someone? At the core of that, it, 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 it's, it's hurt, it's pain, it's pride is what happens and we got to get to the to the bottom of this. Here's what pride says the faults in others I can clearly see but praise God there's none in me. You can borrow that one. so here's where the rubber's going to meet the road. We have to ask, is this really something I need to address? Is this really something I need to address? Or am I mad because my pride has been hurt? Or am I convicted? You have to ask that question. Because often, as, even as Christians, our first response is to react, not respond. What comes out? The flesh. So the more filled you are with the Spirit, the less you're going to fight with other people. And say the wrong things. That's, that's just biblical. That's Bible. Because you're filled with love and joy and peace. And so when someone offends you, you're like, brother, it's okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm easily, I'm not easily angered. So you can really gauge in your heart, in my own heart, when I'm not filled with the Spirit. Because what comes out? When a vessel is struck, my mom always told me at a young age, Shane. When a vessel is struck, what comes in? What's inside spills out. So when when you're struck, that's what that's what really comes out. But I look at things too. When before I address it, what is the seriousness of it? You know, is it, is it a serious nature? Is it something? You know, this is pretty significant. I I, I need to address this. You know, or is it something like? Okay, I, I wish they would have chose a different color carpet. <laughs> you know, or, and, and so much has come to my mind that I, I haven't, I have in my notes for, but I'm not going to get to them. But even preference, preference causes a lot of division. Is it even worth fighting about? You will not believe the belief, the, 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 the battles when we first moved up here over preference. It took me like two years to get rid of the organ. You know, organ? And the old hymns, wonderful if you grew up in that, John, in that age. That's how you came to the Lord, wonderful. But I, I don't know if we can keep up the organ. It's not bad, it's not, I'm just saying, and so, preference, right? Preference. Uh, and you guys see those two banners in the back, those big, huge banners? They were everywhere. And I just try to get, take one down at a time. Cause all hell break loose. If we didn't keep those up there because somebody made them. And I agree, that's incredible. That's cool. Thank but it gotta change. And they don't like the changer, the person who's making the change. And just um the way, you know, and preference and and why 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 are you standing during worship? Why are you sitting? Why are you wearing a suit and tie? Why aren't you wearing a suit and tie? Why are they raising their hands? Why aren't they raising their hands? Why they do that? Why didn't they do that? Why doesn't Shane teach through the whole Bible like Calvary Chuck, Chuck Smith? I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not Calvary Chapel. Why don't you do this? Why don't you... preference, preference, preference? And then we can get offended because we don't have the preference you prefer. I mean, so and, and I appreciate it. It's just, that's why you just gotta let some things go. People come up and say Shane, I, I used to go to churches where like after the first song, people get up and they greet each other and say hello and. Why don't we do that here? I'm like, I don't know. That's kind of, I guess that works for some people. But man, once this worship team starts, I don't want to stop it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to sit down and stop it. When you're seeing spirit break out, okay, now let's just huddle and talk for a while. That's not, that doesn't, that doesn't work for us. I remember this was so challenging when we first planted the church. People come up, Shane, we've got to have announcements. It's okay. So we have worship, right? Just powerful worship. And then we'd all sit down and listen to 10 minutes of boring announcements. See, it doesn't fit with what God's doing here. Preference, preference. People start to tell, okay, you need to preach this way. You need to do this. And, you know, this is why we need a board of elders to do this. And and it was just all these things are preference. Even now, one of the things I am dreading, please please pray. Please pray. Please pray today. If we ever have to make. The, the decision to replace the pews with chairs. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. See? And you've noticed I've been planting seeds for like seven months. Just, just planting those seeds. I'm so, I'm waiting for the emails from the old timers. So but we love the pews. We want to keep the pews. The problem is seats. We can see where your, your purse is sitting, and we can fit a lot more people—about 50, 60 more people—with seats. So, do we get? Do we start a third service, or do we replace the pews with chairs? And if we replace the pews with chairs, chairs can be removed. You can have more events inside the sanctuary. Lots of different things. Just be clear on this. The church is divided, right? 50-50. So that's why we're not doing anything right now. We're just. But see, pref- should we really get upset about that? Let's be honest. Should, should, no, no, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. Missy, I'm going to tell you to be quiet this service. Now, in her mind, maybe so, because love the pews grew up in the pews. The pews resemble more of a church feeling. I got that. But I don't know why I have to use that example. But, but should that really cause division? Should that really, and see, that's what I'm saying. When we try to choose the wood, when we try to do these things, like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Why don't, what, 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 guys, can we just have church? Preference. Preference. I love the emails. I would prefer if you would wear a suit and tie. I would prefer that you use the King James only because you are leading people astray with those godless versions. I don't even get into that, but I've studied the Greek, the Hebrew, the, you know, there's, there's a lot of debates on that. Anyway, preference, preference, preference. People say that's not preference. That's truth and things like that. So I understand. My point was, is this really something that needs to cause division? Is this something that needs to divide us? Is, is, it, or are we going to let people do what they do? So are you ready for this? I just added four this morning. Thank God they could make the, the thing. The screen. The top. <laughs> I don't even know. If I want to do this. I, I, I haven't said. I haven't said. Don't put it in there yet. Let me pray about it. But I think it's time. The top ten reasons my sermons offend Christians. The top ten reasons my sermons offend Christians over the years. Why am I talking about this? Because it's very important. And I'll get to it in a minute now i 'm not talking about why sermons offend unbelievers i mean that 's obvious Jesus the cross the only way i 'm talking about believers, why we get offended and i 'm not trying to be a jerk i 'm trying to help and so here 's the, the things I have to deal with as as preaching this my style of preaching in this type of church and I mean, I, I, I can safely say, unless you're leading something, you, you guys maybe know you're leading a large business or corporate. You know, you offend, you hurt people you every day. Every single day that you breathe, you run a business, you manage a business. Can you relate? I, 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 I offend people before I even start. Before I even get to the, to the first service. Say, For example, morning, I wrote down four today. For example, morning worship, right? Doors open at six, we're here, you guys should come and worship. Okay, well, the music's too loud. I go and turn it down, and then Pastor Abram comes out, hey, gotta turn that up. What's going on? Oh, it's too loud. I've talked to people. They call in this community. That street is getting too crowded. I can't even pull out of my driveway without people almost hitting me. Like, okay, let me, let me, let me see if I can upset some more people so we're not as busy. <laughs> but shouldn't they, shouldn't they be happy that, that happy that the gospel is going out? You know, and so the street's really crowded. And then the, the people riding horses got upset because we used to park on both sides all the way up and down the street. And so we had to make an area so now horses can go. And, and offending people. And that's the pastor who offends us. And, and, or if I pray... This actually didn't happen today. I just thought of it. If I'm going to pray, pray for healing. Lord, would You bring healing to this lady? And Lord, please show her if there's anything in her life that's even actually causing this. Well, well, hold on a minute, Pastor. There's nothing in my life causing this. Well... Here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna wear it on my sleeve. <laughs> Nobody knows this except a few people. Pastor Abram, my wife. I was actually gonna take today and next Sunday off and go right into vacation. I was hurt. I've had enough for a while. It builds up. I shouldn't even be here. I shouldn't be there. When, next Wednesday, Wednesday I shouldn't be there. Sunday. I said, I'm done. I'm done dealing with people. I poured out my heart. And we get backstabbed. We get gossiped out. We get slandered. I spent time with God and I said, I'm going to work my butt off this week. I'm going to be here. I'm going to preach my heart out. And the peace of God came upon me like I've never felt in a long time. But you can see, right? You can see how that, and that's why that comment from, from Alabama was so... I just got a letter from Pennsylvania this morning. Just heard from somebody in Canada and Texas on being radically changed. But you can only get beat up so much as well. So please don't like... I mean, Pastor, let me email Pastor Shane Curtis. Oh no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just like you. You know, you get, your, you got five kids at home, all hell's breaking loose sometimes, and this isn't going well, and that's not going well, and anybody ever have their plans messed up and not going according to what you thought? And, and so it just, it just hits you like, like a, a ton of bricks. And then things get back to me, what people said, I'm like, they're just lying. They're lying about me, about the church, how we handle things. And, and the pressure. And, and here's the top ten things. Number one, when I talk about entertainment or lifestyles or person's toys, I call it the Las Vegas Christian. Here comes the email. Are you saying I can't go to Las Vegas? I don't know. I, you take it to the Lord. Here's what's funny. People think I'm preaching to them and mentioning them in my sermon. That is, that's nothing but pride. There are thousands upon thousands who listen to this nationally. I'm speaking to a vast, vast group of people. And so for somebody take it personally, that's pride and conviction. Remember she prayed for me this morning to be bold, so I'm going to be there all. But think about when you, why do you talk about movies? Why, well, why should Christians be watching these movies, watching your, your vampires and the occult and witchcraft and horror and demonic why are you filling your house with that, and people get upset and offended? Lifestyles or toys? You know what I mean by toys? you've got to have the biggest I mean I always see it I, hope to, oh, I didn't look out front, so don't anybody take this wrong. But it's, and I'll pull up, you know, at the mall, and here's this truck taking up two parking spots with 35-inch gumbo mutter, six-inch lift headers, on, and exhaust it's like that's that guy has a, a problem here. He, look, just look at me, look at me, and so I challenge those things. And people don't like it. I tell me I need to sell my truck. I, I, I'm just preaching. If God's putting that on your heart, take it to God. My Lord, people. Conviction. We don't like to be. Do you know why the prophets were killed in the Old Testament? Conviction. They would say, Shut your mouth, Isaiah, Jeremiah. They believe that Manasseh sawed Isaiah in two. Arrogance, judgmental, pride filled people. I don't just go after carnality. I go after those who I'm in that camp too. Right, we can become arrogant because there's pride within us. Pride comes up, arrogance, judgmental, pride-filled, and I and I preach against that. And and the pride-filled person doesn't want to hear it. And I say, you're just being judgmental. I'm not being judgmental. I love the truth. No, you feel the it's like the pride just just drips off of you. And they don't like that when you challenge their pride, challenge arrogance, challenge judgmentalism, they lash out. But you, but this, but, 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 but. Instead of saying, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? I have to work on this, this judgmental, arrogant attitude. And then often when we give marriage advice, the spouse that is convicted doesn't want to hear it. This happens all the time. You guys know you everybody counsel those who are married? But you don't know my spouse. And anytime, anytime I talk about like husbands, you're dropping the ball. Men, you've got to lead by example. And you know what? The guys that are convicted will come up to me and say, I, I remember how, I remember it just happened to me a while back and other times of course, but the guy will come up and say, Shane, why are you always coming against the guys? When are you going to start coming against the women? When are you going to start preaching to the women? I'm tired of you preaching to me. I'm not 12 years old. I know exactly what's going on. It's called conviction. Conviction. We don't want to own it. We don't want to look in the mirror. Marriage issues. Husband, lead by example. And don't say, wife, submit. She'll submit somebody. She'll she follow somebody who is following Christ. Yeah, but you don't know my spouse. So we don't want to follow Scripture because I don't know your spouse. See, but the Bible doesn't lie. But you need to also hear the opposite side. How many people I did, and I'll just say his name, Jeff. I'm, uh, I, I want to say his last name, because some of you might know him. But he said, "You know, I don't know. I showed my wife a couple of years ago. He, faced, he messaged us and goes, "You know what? When I first went to a church way out in Lancaster, um, he said, I, "I heard your sermons, and you were just, man, I, what I watched or what I, I just thought you're too hardcore." And then he goes, now I come to realize, now that I'm full of the Spirit, I come, I came to realize I was running from the exact conviction I needed. And that you hear, because that's the whole point is to help. And it often hurts before it helps. And so you have to decide, is the sun the same sun that melts the wax? It hardens the clay. Are you becoming hard through the conviction of God's Word? Or are you softening up through the conviction of God's Word? Anytime we give marriage advice, well, Pastor, you said this, but you don't know my spouse. Here we go. Here we go. No, I don't know your spouse. I just know what the Bible says. Is it? Could it be that God is convicting you? Could it be that God is convicting you? Yeah, but but but. Anytime you want to say yeah, but takes the Lord for a while. And of course, you know number four. Whew. Anytime we talk about taking care of the body. And I just posted something on Facebook. They lit me up. People were even texting me. Did you read? Did you read? Do, read do? I don't read comments. I do not read my comments. It's been a long time. I'm I just very healthy not to read comments. And then people say, oh, then you're not open for feedback. I'm open to feedback from those who love me and know me, not from somebody sitting in Canada drinking a beer wanting upset at what I said. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I'm, this has been a while. But anyway, I said, of course, I'm talking about type 2 diabetes. I say, hey, it might not be hereditary. It might be lifestyle changes. And they're like, just stay in your lane. Preach the gospel. Why are you talking about these things? I'm like, oh, ooh, conviction maybe? Or taking care of this wonderful gift that God has given you. Eating better, taking care of it. I'm telling you, I feel 10 times better. I, I'm, even now, 30 pounds less from three months ago. I feel much much better more energy better mood with my kids don't isn't that good and shouldn't i want to give that out to other people now we're going to get really 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 into some deep water this one has haunted me for quite a while this one has wow number 5 and it actually fits with number 4 now the funny thing is i just got an email yesterday on, or uh, yeah email thank you so much for this topic um, I mean, all the time. So people either love number five or they hate number five. And the, what I do, all I do with number five, just so you know, is I'm not Mormon. I'm not saying, you know, because they can't. All right. You, can they have coffee now? And so they can't. OK, well, my point is, oh, here's actually a good example. If you want to resolve a conflict with somebody, if you're mad at them, don't have coffee. Have chamomile tea. Because when you have that, you're ready to go get them. And so I say, if you struggle with anger, anxiety, depression, get off of this drug, the number one drug in America. Just just wean yourself off. And, and, and so I'm trying to help people. I'll, I'll pray for your anxiety, but if you're on 500 milligrams of caffeine, did you know that's actually in the, in the manual for mental disorders? Over 500 milligrams, it causes mental disorders. Are you aware of that? Oh, so see, I'm just trying to help. But people are like, how dare you touch my black Christian crack? And now it's out there. That is the church where you can't drink coffee. Did you know I have some sometimes in the morning? Two, three, four ounces, just a little bit. That's it. I'm not, I'm just saying if you have to work, if you're snapping at your kids, you're not getting good sleep, you can't lose weight, and you're always hungry, blood sugar levels, cortisol, and insulin, it all, it all is tied into this very destructive drug. That if you're going to do it, minimize it. I'm just, I'm trying to help. And so it's, I mean, a lot. I can name some ministries you've probably heard of, pretty big ministries that the the founders have emailed me. Thank you so much for your article on that. I've I've stopped it and I've become a better person. I have the fruit of the Spirit now. I have love and joy and peace and contentment. Why? Because caffeine puts your body in a fight or flight. You want to beat the heck out of someone. That's great if you're running from a lion, but that's bad, bad news if you're trying to resolve conflict and be gentle and loving. And I can't, I'm just going to snap. So this one, I don't know why. It, it, but And the, we used to have coffee in the foyer, but after COVID, we just decided to keep it out. So it's not against, it's not some weird stuff. I'm just trying to help people. So if you struggle with anger, you struggle with anxiety and depression, and you want to just lash out at people, and you and your spouse are all, to just irritate the heck out of you, you might want to look at what you're feeding. Ask my wife, she can go, you've had coffee today, haven't you? Well, can you tell why? What's going on? Where are the kids? Why are you doing this? Why is it going to change? How do you know know I had coffee today? If you're convicted about these topics, and my stance has always been that obviously the Bible allows a little bit of moderation, but if it's controlling, you have to have it. And I I went to Christian events where they said, just a glass of wine. Okay, that's a 32-ounce goblet. That's not a glass of wine. Can we be real? Two hands. I just, I just have one glass. And they're feeling pretty good. You've got these IPAs out there with 7-8%. You're feeling good. Don't, don't fool the man who used to knows what he's talking about with alcohol, okay? And so those, and I know people, they're actually in this church, some in leadership who might have one now and then. You would never even know it. They love my messages on this topic. But those who are convicted don't unless they want to change. I see it all the time. If you have to defend yourself about something, you fill in the blank. And then number seven, I often talk about this often and all I say is don't run to the pills, run to the cross. Don't let that be your first resort. Let it be your last resort. And still, even in the prayer room, people are why are you against medication? I've never, ever, ever, ever in my life said that in a sermon. Because I'm not. I would recommend serotonin uptake inhibitors to correct the serotonin level if that's what you find is wrong. I wouldn't recommend a high blood pressure medication. Or if you had to take a Xanax for a week to really chill out. I've never, but, but be careful because it's often the first resort. And people aren't looking at what's causing this. See, so I talked to somebody, you need to get off 600 milligrams of caffeine before you go get the Xanax. Oh no, I can't do that, I need the little pill. And then you open the insert, may cause drowsy, may cause suicidal thoughts and depression, may, interior bleeding and liver disease. I'm like, whoa, 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 this is the solution? And even in medication, yes, if you have to take medication for diabetes, insulin. But what's causing it if you're type 2? You can get off that medication in a couple months if you change your diet and lifestyle. So, see, they just... So, why are you upset if I'm if I'm talking about these things? Because it's conviction. I remember I talked talked about all I said in the article was um, the majority of mass shooters they're finding are on psychotic drugs. Just research it, and you would not believe the email. I have to take it because. Okay, I guess you do. I'm not talking about you. But see, where is this conviction coming from? And unless we're tender and receptive, we're going to lash out at the messenger and shoot the messenger and discredit the messenger because we don't like what we are hearing. And then I I would have to stay up there with number five. Number eight is... That's a toughie. That is a toughie. I'll tell you what, the biggest, probably the biggest, biggest shock of my entire life in pastoring is around, I don't know when that was, 2016, I guess. I didn't realize that a five letter word would upset so many people. Anybody know what that word is? You, you say it. I'm not saying it. You're saying it. My goodness. I would actually meet with people. You just saying the word Trump upsets me. Oh, okay, so... hmm. So I can't say, okay no character, possibly lies, the tweets, whatever, but at least he's putting the Supreme Court justices in that overturned Roe v. Wade. Hold on, hold on, hold on. At least he's asking Jack Graham, James Robinson, Jim Garlow, Jack Hibbs, others for advice. At least he's looking out for the nation of Israel. At least he's protecting our borders. At least he's dealing the right way with Fauci. At least, I mean, he's putting the, the head of education... See. Uh, Hold on, don't clap, because just this part is going to get more emails. Is that not just the truth? You don't have to like, I don't care. But let's just speak the truth. The truth. Who's, who's better for churches? A Biden or a Trump? Who's better for the Johnson Amendment? For taxes? You think? Do you think Russia would be pulling the shenanigans? with certain people in office? Absolutely not. So you have the security of the nation. You have the, the, the perversion of the nation, the direction of the nation. No, He's not our Savior. But my goodness, get somebody in there who's going to put people in positions of leadership. Ben Carson, a Christian over urban housing Al- and Al- 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 development. Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, strong Christian. My God, people, have you lost your mind just because you hate those five words? Five letters? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. You can't talk about politics in the pulpit. You better believe I can, and I will not stop talking about politics in the pulpit. There's a pastor of a large church. Well, it was large. I don't know. Over the hill. We're still trying to get together from eight months ago. He said, you're hurting the gospel by talking about politics. So let's get together. I want to hear what you're talking about. Well, he's avoiding this conversation, obviously. Now, I know people are saying, you know, I beat people up and Republican, Democrat, blah, 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 blah. But, guys, you're murdering children in the womb. California's getting ready to pass it. We're at nine months. You're allowing a transgender pervert to read to kindergartners and libraries? In L.A. County, you're allowing a D.A. in L.A. County to let out m- known criminals? And you want me to shut my mouth? you gotta, you got another thing coming. This is what things we need to talk about. This is why Facebook shut me down. They still don't let me do ads and they, the shadow banning. We would go from when, and when we would go live during COVID, 250,000, 300,000 views per message. Now everything's shut down. Just maybe three shares. Shut that guy up. Shut him down. Don't let him talk about these things. Now, what happens though is the flip side. If you're mean spirited and you're talking about these things and you think your Republican Party, the Democrat Party is our savior, you think Biden is our savior or, or, uh, or, or, Harris or Trump or, or, you know, and you're just, you're just, you know, got it. I understand it but we are a nation adrift we are a nation that is we're i'm surprised we haven't collapsed yet the fuel i mean the fuel crisis what you're leaving for your children and your grandchildren makes a difference when the righteous are in authority the people rejoice but when the wicked they groan god says i want the righteous to get, to to legislate my law righteously not perfectly righteously so if it took orange hair and mean tweets to, to get people in office that are going to change the direction of our country, think about that. Three Supreme Court justices that were appointed are changing the direction of our nation. And why is it, why is it Why is it a certain political party can go demonstrate at Kavanaugh's house and nobody say anything? That's a bunch of crybabies and somebody needs to call it out. Why is all the shenanigans okay? It's not okay. We have become a a limp wristed, weak society with no no, no backbone. And the pulpits need to be setting that course again. All right, after we lose 5% of the members next week, (laughs) Pastor Abram, you can take it from here in August when I'm gone. And then, of course, my favorite one, number nine. About five years ago, I still get emails, people, in, or they'll tell me in person, which is okay, and I understand what they're saying. So I try to find the balance with all this. But um, about five years ago, we started morning worship, and I would make it a point, like, "Hey, you guys got to be here. This is this is a time where we seek the heart of God." And uh, me and Pastor Abraham were just talking about this. I think uh, Saturday is when the, we rarely, if ever, have issues with people at morning worship. Huh. Ding, 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 ding. Hello? Why? Because it's a large group of people seeking the heart of God, humbling themselves. And your marriage is falling apart. You're addicted. Get to this. No, no, no. I don't. And so I, people say, stop mentioning that. Makes me feel, I don't like that. You're pushing it too much. Is that true or is it conviction? You fill in the blank. And so I have to live in this like, okay, I want to promote it, but I don't want people to feel bad. And so that, that's a, that's a hard issue too as well. And actually it's not just morning worship. Oh, I put, actually I changed it on yours. Heartfelt worship. I put morning worship. Heartfelt worship too. When I talk about, number nine, when I talk about the deeper life. Okay? Let me, let me just get real and honest with you. Most Christians in the American church have not experienced the deeper life. They have not experienced a mighty infilling of the Holy Spirit. They have not experienced that joy unspeakable. That that doesn't mean you don't have challenges. Doesn't mean you don't go to obstacles. Doesn't mean you feel like quitting. But there's there's the Holy Spirit in you. There's this passion. There's desire. You love heartfelt worship. You can have the worship team just stay up there all service. You want to go to prayer meetings. You want to have more of God. You want to have more of church. And when I talk about those things, the judgmental Jerry and legalistic Larry come out after me. Larry, you're here, right? I didn't mean, you. There's another Larry. So you gotta watch. You gotta be careful. Larry's not. He's been an incredible member and his wife. But, but that's what people don't like to be challenged in this area. My Christianity is comfortable. How dare you throw ice in the swimming pool? And so when you stir that pot and you tell them to come out from among them, be separate. Here's how you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The deeper walk with God. That's, and then they say, that worship is just brainwashing. No, it's brain soaking. Soaking in the presence and power of God. You better have some. Why is worship so long? Why did they sing that song for ten minutes? I watched a YouTube video from a heresy hunter that said that's bad, you're just like Bethel. When I talk about the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the unction of the Holy Spirit being filled with the Spirit, desperate for more of God on this altar, all night prayer meetings, worship mornings, coming to worship morning, they don't, they don't like to hear about the deeper things of God. Why? Because that's not very comfortable. That's not very comfortable. Why do you you talk about those things? The reason is they've never experienced it and they don't want to be challenged. And you'll you'll find that when you you go and you listen to very conservative churches. They're straight as a gun barrel, right? But they're empty. They're missing the Spirit's power. And when you begin to challenge them about that, they get defensive. And they call you weird or charismatic. Or whatever, they'll begin to call you names and put you down. The the, the reason is they've never experienced a powerful move of God in their life. And that's the big difference between churches that believe in the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit today and churches that don't. There's that divide there as well. Mocking and division because they've never really experienced God working in a radical way. And what I thought, when I was thinking about all of these things, what doctor, if you have a doctor... If your doctor says, hey, everything's fine. I'll see you next year. They would lose their license for malpractice if there's something wrong with you. You have cancer, but they're going to tell you, no, I'll see you next year. No, no, it's no big deal. They'll lose their license. Why are not more pastors losing their ordination for not helping the people in all these different areas? Number 10 that offends people the most is this whole list. Is going to offend people the most. I just offended a lot of people. But again, the opposite is incredible. When people turn, what happens with entertainment choices and lifestyle choices? And there's actually people that I haven't seen in a while. All you have to do is look at their Facebook thread, and you can see the jet skis, the boats, the the RVs, the the this, the this, the alcohol that has taken them, drawn them away. But when those, and I'm not saying go over of course, but be careful that that's not replacing your time with God and having you drift away. And when people turn from that and fully surrender to God, the, the, the benefits are incredible. When people humble themselves and they, they submit their pride, they get to this altar, the benefits are incredible. When they submit, their marriages are, re, are restored. When they begin to fast and seek the heart of God and begin to change their diet and, and remove these things that are destructive, they begin to feel better and come up with tears. Thank you so much. I didn't know I could feel so much better. So see, there's, a lot of, there's fruit on the flip side of all these. There's fruit here, but it's so important. It's so important. And next week, unless people really make me mad, I have to not come. But I was just sharing that with you. Haven't y'all been there? Like I'm just, I'm gonna escape early. am I'm, I'm gonna tell the elders I'm taking off early. I'm done with this. And then the enemy almost won. But we're gonna talk about embracing the gift of grace. What that looks like. And also using the hammer of humility. And and really, okay, now that we've been offended, now what? That's what we're going to work on next Sunday. We're going to get our hearts right. But I can give you a little bit now because I won't see all of you next Sunday. But what you have to do is humble yourself. Humble yourself. But Shane, they hurt me. They're wrong. Exactly. Humbling yourself and seeking forgiveness and restoration with God doesn't mean they're right. All you do is remove the junk that's growing in your own heart. I don't like it any more than you do, but a holding on to bitterness and resentment? The person doesn't even know it, but I'm dying inside. I'm being eaten up inside. I don't want to see them. I don't want to go to church. Now it's affecting me. So the key is to repent of those things. And we would love to even pray with you and for you in the prayer room. This morning, if you have struggling with unforgiveness, bitterness, you've been hurt, uh, and I I, and people say, um, you know, often I don't go to church because the church hurt me. Yeah, yeah, people hurt people. That's why we never say, look to us for the example. Look to the cross. That's the example. We will hurt you. And as always, I don't know where some of you are, some of you listening, but the concept of hell often comes up. And hell is a place full of offended people. Offended by God. Mad at God. You even hear famous atheists. It will eventually come out that they are mad at God. How can you be mad at something you don't believe in? So atheism is actually a reflection of a hard, hardened heart against maybe things they've experienced. Things that the church has done to them. Things, why did God take my mom? Or why did God take my child? And they have this built up resentment and offense against God. I'm actually doing a, a Memorial Monday. I almost didn't. Because I just told you. I almost took like two weeks off. It was It's a lady who came up in her wheelchair. And all, I on know exactly where I was. At Jet Hawk Stadium two years ago. 85 years old repented and gave her heart to the Lord at 85 at the stadium. And so it's just a quick burial actually outside of our area. And the family asked, would you, would you come and be an honor? And said, absolutely. I'd love to be there Monday. But at 87, she died just recently. It's just how many people live their whole life offended at God, hurt by God, even Christians? Even Christians, maybe some of you are hurt by God. I've had to deal with that personal confection. Lord, hello, look what I'm doing. Don't you know who I am? (laughs) Why am I going through this? So if that's you, don't go to hell because you don't understand God. His ways are perfect. His ways are high above our ways. Our thoughts are not even His thoughts. He knows what is best. Repent and believe today. Repent and believe today. Believe it or not, I hear sermons often on the radio. If you listen to our radio network, we have sermons on 91.9. Those guys convict me sometimes. I don't like what they're saying about things. So is it because I don't like what they're saying because of conviction? Conviction? And let me just encourage you this morning take it to the Lord. If anything I said today, you didn't like it, you have to ask the why. You have to ask the why. Because I didn't come up here and say it in arrogance. That I can assure you. This has been a very hard week as far as putting this together. I didn't want to do it. I ignored it. I tried to get out of it. I'm not coming up here excited about this. And name one thing that is unbiblical. One thing that's unbiblical that won't help people and lead to a deeper spiritual walk with the Lord. Because often it's the little things. Did you know that? It's the little things that begin to make the biggest difference. So I'm going to talk about the different Scriptures and things next week, but I want to close on this point. Did you know that hell, hell another topic nobody talks about because it's offensive, hell is full of people that are offended. Who are they offended at? Correct? They're mad at God. They're offended at God. You talk to, you listen to any atheist, famous, famous atheist, whoever. What do they say? They hate God. They mock God. Hitchings or Hitchins, and, and what's the other? Dawkins and I mean, just it's, it's, it's like painful to even hear them. And, and I mean this in the most loving way I can say it, but they sound foolish to me. They seem very foolish and out of touch. Like all this just happened. Some cosmic little micro atom just decide to explode and create all that. You've got to be kidding me. Where, where's your brain at? But they hate God. Why do? you How can you hate something that doesn't exist? See, there's a, there's an offense. I'm am offended. I'm offended that there's a God. I don't want to bow my knee to the one true and living God. I'm God. I I'm I'm the captain of my own ship. I, I will, t- I will set my own course. How dare this God tell me I can't do this and can't do that? Isn't that what it boils down to? Nobody has a problem with God when it's God is love. If you just say, hey, man, I believe in God, God is everywhere. God loves you. Be- oh, amen, man, that's right. No problems. But when you start talking about, well, there's, there's a couple problems. What do you mean? You don't know Him. And you explain Jesus and the cross and redemption and the only way, the only truth, the only life. Nobody comes to the Father except through Him. There's no other way. There's not the Book of Mormon, the Book of this, this religion, Allah, Jehovah Witness, Gandhi, you fill in the blank. Jesus is the only way. You will upset people. You ever watch Ray Comfort? He spoke here a couple years ago and we talked for a little while. And um, man, those guys get mad on the beach. When he interviews them and talks to them and shows them the law, what a wonderful tool! Hey, here's what the law says: You've never lusted? Well, yeah. You've never stolen anything? Well, yeah. See, you, 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 by your own admission, you're, you're a lying thief, adulteress at heart. Whoa! See, anger—they don't—they—they they don't like the moral law of the Bible. They are offended. They are offended. Offense keeps. Christians from a closer relationship with God too. How long are we going to hold into personal offense? You've got to get rid of that root of bitterness and unforgiveness and division. Humble yourself before Almighty God. Stop thinking more highly of yourself than you should. So with that said, I don't know the audience out there listening or here this morning, if you've never humbled yourself and removed your offense towards God, remove it this morning. And say, God, I humble myself, I, I, when I stand before you, I will not have anything of merit to show you. I'm not a good person. I haven't lived a good life. I need Jesus Christ. I need that redemption. I need the cross, and you cry out to God and you let him change you. and, you, and instead of having this spirit of offense, you have this tremendous peace and joy and long-suffering. And I'm concerned, my friends, I'm concerned. I know Christians. But there is zero fruit. Think about this. What is the, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit is what? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, contentment, gentleness, kindness, patience, long-suffering, self-control, depending on what version you read. But if there's no fruit, like I'm not even talking about a little fruit, there's just, just no love, they're mean, they're bitter, they're angry. There's no gentleness and, and goodness and, a, and they're always divisive and always in attack mode. There's, there's just no fruit. you got to wonder, do you really know the Savior? Because here's how you know. A believer will, will, will say, they'll own it. Yeah, I need to work on love. I, I'm, I, don't, have, I don't have a loving heart right now. Very, I'm not that patient. I'm not that long-suffering. Jesus, help me. The prideful unbeliever says, I'm good. I'm good. I got that. No, I am good. I am a good person. I do love people. You love people? How? Where? When? Self-examination, guys. We have to examine our hearts. So let's do that during worship. I'm going to have the worship team come up. We're going to close. And If you're, if you're saying, thank God that's over, you need to hear this message. And even if you've been maybe carnal or, or drifted or maybe baptized as an infant, we're actually doing baptisms next Sunday. We've got people, somebody driving in from another state to be baptized next Sunday to get their heart right with the Lord. And so I want to encourage you sign up for that. Let us know next door. One thing about this church is we're not perfect. We're not perfect, but we want to work on reconciliation. Division is destroying the church in America without a shadow of a doubt. The isms, the fighting, the backbiting, the slander, the gossip, why am I why are I elevated? Why are I do why we've got to humble ourselves before God and watch what He does with humility. I truly believe this, I don't have scripture to necessarily back it up, even though I do on the concept, but I believe you can only go so far until God says, "Hold on, you've got to deal with these issues. you've got to get fixed spiritually." you got to get fixed before you can move into this where i really want you to be whether it's a worship anointed worship worship more worship, or starting a ministry or something in your family or in your workplace you want you know god has more for you but is it is it is he resisting the proud and holding back because these these issues the issues of the heart have to deal with be dealt with i thank god i didn't pastor till 40 can i be honest with you a lot of pain in my childhood, broken home, angry father. Was hurt a lot growing up, you know, with speech impediment and learning disabilities and overweight and just this mess. Turning to alcohol at a young age, and God had to just man, it was a, it was a process. I want I want you to pastor, but you got to go through this pain. He wants you to do. He wants you to keep moving forward, but you might have to go through some pain. You might have to humble yourself. Get rid of that smirk off your face. I don't like to say this stuff, but it's so important. Isn't it the truth? Isn't it the truth? So if anybody's upset, I'm going to direct you to Pastor Abram this week.